As artists, sometimes we are called to use our creativity to make a difference through music, through photography, or through film. And sometimes we're lucky enough to combine a multitude of our talents to create a project that will make an everlasting impact. My guest today, Rachel Myers, an award-winning filmmaker, had an idea, and that idea turned into something that reminds us of one of the greatest qualities that we can possess as a human, kindness. You're listening to We Need to Talk. So you got something to say that is on your mind. We need to talk, we need to talk about it. You know just one conversation can change your life. We need to talk, we need to talk about it. We need to talk. Rachel Myers, thank you so much for being on We Need to Talk today. Hello, it's such a delight to be here and to get to be part of your show. I'm, I'm um, really tremendously honored and so thrilled that our movie is going to be screening at Tribeca Film Festival and that we get the time to talk about the, what it's about in the background of the, of the project. Absolutely. And I love when people use their gifts to make a difference and, and showcase an important message. And I especially love it when they do that with art. And that's what you're doing with this film. You, you took on the task of directing a film that's being featured at Tribeca, like you mentioned, called Born Kind. And I was so moved by the trailer and this project. And I feel like we've seen over the course of the last few years, a lot of social awareness campaigns happening because people have a lot to say and people are realizing, you know, I need to use my voice. I need to use my medium. I need to make an impact. So how did this particular project come to be? How did you connect with uh, Born Rich in order to create this beautiful piece of work called Born Kind? So, so, so it started the backstory. So like we will rewind. Um, <laughs> the backstory was early pandemic. I had done this drawing because my background is I'm a director for film. I'm a filmmaker, but I've also worked as a production designer for film and as an illustrator for many, many years. And so the way that immediately makes sense to me when I talk about things is to put it on paper visually and to see it. And I had had a lot of reactions and interactions with people in the early pandemic, probably because of all the fear and the weight of the grief and trauma that everybody was going through, where just in navigating our lives about the city or walking down the street in the neighborhood, you know, I felt the avoidance of people I felt that beyond the masks that we were all forced to wear, there was this extra layer of aversion and distancing, you know, because it's really easy to be able to say hello to somebody normally or to smile with a a nonverbal gesture. And then all of a sudden you're walking your dog and you're wearing sunglasses and a mask and you're deprived of this really basic human interaction of recognition in how we we, we see and respond and communicate mm-hmm. with each other. And so I felt that, and I did this little sketch on paper with a bunch of different types of people and the, and the people had messages on their masks and the messages said things like, I see you, I'm hurting too, sending love, Black Lives Matter, you know, all of the things that happened in the phases of the pandemic. First we were isolated, then we had this major movement start to happen in this country because of all the activity and energy that everyone was feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and so all of those threads fed into that little illustration. And I had this sort of overwhelming response from people on my social media who, who said, oh my gosh, that's, that is so how I feel when I walk mm. out in the world. And so I thought, well, that's a movie. 
<laughs> and I wrote a script. Originally, it was going to be a narrative with an actor. And by, you know, the way that the cosmos work, you know, people appear in your life at the right time. And through the Black Jewish Entertainment Alliance, Warren and I connected. His his name is Rich Ingram. As his his real name, his artist name is Born Rich. Mm-hmm. And, and, and became friends. And I... I had written this character and all of a sudden here was the man (laughs) who took, who took this sketch of this idea, you know, a script is just like an outline and, and it animated it into something real. And I, I talked to him about the project and I said, you know, would you play this part? And then in our collaboration and working together, it became beyond the part. I changed the original script was called the tiny kindness project. And I changed it to born kind because of him, because he, He was the missing ingredient that took the project from an outline to being fully fleshed. And I think that's why the work is reaching people and why it's emotional and vulnerable because he is, he is uh, an artist in the world. He's really talented. He works in lots of different types of mediums and he plays himself. And so it's, it's a, a verite piece and became a documentary because the sketch added the ingredient of a person and then we went in the world and did the project for real. And for, for all of those people who are listening today, what the, um, the project became was as I sort of had done in those illustrations was just people with messages. So he created little (coughs) square patches and wrote and like, you know, painted them with, with different things that people are blessings, love, family connection. And we set up a table in the park and we set up a table on the street in, in Melrose in LA and people came by and they were, mm. they said, they said, can I put a message on my mask? And we took pictures of those people. And then we had this amazing photo wa- collection of all different kinds of people with messages that they had selected. And then he used those photos in his mural, which then became a real piece of art in the script. Yeah. It was, it was, he created a mural and then it was, you know, again, the missing ingredient. he, had a relationship with the fame yard in LA, which is a super famous graffiti spot in on Melrose and got us a great wall space. And that mural was painted for real in the film. And then it became a real piece of living social justice art that was up for a whole calendar year mm-hmm. on Melrose for people to go see and interact with. Um, so that's really been this like amazing blessing of this project is that, you know, you work independently as an artist generating ideas. And then when you put it out there, all of a sudden, where I think, you know, in the credits for the film, there's 80 people because wow. we had, we had people just walking up in the park asking if they could take a picture and inviting yeah. people and being able to share the many phases of the project first from the seeds and bringing on born. And I have an amazing producer, Connie Josie Christ, and then, adding the other ingredients of the people on the streets, our cast, our crew, and then a living piece of art in the community has like been really profound and very special to see it sort of go to that, you know, the, the peak, the peak of, of what that was. Yeah. I was going to say just (laughs) the evolution of it from being an idea on paper for you to truly becoming reality has to just be so heartwarming for you personally to see that. And just, I mean, not just being a director, but, something that's powerful that is actually making social impact I think that that's really huge yeah thanks when you said that I just got all the all the feels all the feels 
skills um, because this there was this really awesome sort of like like tick that was happening when we filmed among the crew because people don't often get to work on projects that they feel like represent them or yes. say how they're feeling. Yes. And I just had so many interactions with people on our crew. And I'm so grateful for all the people who participated in the project and for our amazingly talented crew who, you know, it's a small shoot. We were able to, to in some cases, give them money for their time, but not, not what people really deserve as artists. And, and I really believe in being able to, to pay artists and share people's work. And so I'm, I'm so grateful tremendously grateful for that part of it mm -hmm. and also for that spirit that those people then brought as like the other ingredient puzzle pieces into making and building something because when we had a we our, our connie organized this awesome online screening for everyone to to be able to watch the film together from the crew mm -hmm. and and then now we've been able to share with everyone the news of the selection into tribeca and seeing the faces who who were all a part of this and who helped make that happen. I mean, there is no greater feeling. I, I can't, I can't express the, my, how, how much gratitude I have for, for people sharing their time and their voices. Cause it's really, to me, it's really what it's all about. And yeah. I, and I'm honored that like a little idea I had and then adding my collaborators in born and my other EP to make a Lamison and Connie, like really t took it from from the page to something that breathes life in the world. Yeah, absolutely. When you were writing out your script, were you intentionally hoping to have a person of color be the lead or did that just was that just kismet when you met up with Warren? No, no, it was important to me to have a person of color because I just feel in this moment um you know, America is a real mix of people and yeah. I think we're having a moment of of cultural reckoning about identity in this country and reconciling different disparate parts of this country um, that are of different shades and what mm -hmm. that means and what it means when you walk on the street and someone sees you and they say, oh, I'm going to make a judgment based yeah. on what I see, based on my view, a, a lens of the world to, to who you are. And I'm going to project that onto my how I interact with you, the opportunities that I give you, the experiences that you will have in your life. And I'm, I'm really um, an advocate of, of, you know, in my own work and my own identity, like making sure that, that it is uh, inclusive of, of, of all people, but also like celebrating voices of people who, who should be front and center, in my opinion, yeah. in terms of, in terms of getting playtime um, in, in sharing their work. And Born is a black and Jewish man you know, that is part of my own identity as a Jewish woman. And also, you know, ethnically, there's some other ambiguous things in my own identity. And that's part of my experience and how I'm treated. And so I, I feel like it's really important to, to share that. Yeah, I, I really love that choice personally. And I love that that Born is a, a black Jewish male, because I think as and you kind of touched on this a little bit, there is this automatic reaction to black males just when you see them walking down the street, just, um, uh, you know, regular interactions, passing you on the street, getting in the elevator with you, getting in line with you. And you see a little bit of that in the trailer, kind of people's reaction to him. And I loved it. And that's what struck me because the assumption there is so common for, for specifically black males. And, um, 
then, you know, and you show throughout the trailer just kind of how kindness is infectious. Once somebody receives it, they're like, oh, and it also makes them kind of reflect about themselves. So I, I know I've only seen the trailer and I'm excited when I do get to actually see the full film. But do we get to see more of that throughout the film, just that change in people when they realize? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's exactly that. And that comes from my own family. I mean, my my mother was a public school teacher and principal growing up and in some of the roughest parts. Originally, she ta- she started her career teaching in juvenile hall in downtown L.A. And um, in Portland, when we when I lived there, she she taught in, to to people who were from barely um, underrepresented communities and also kids who did not have a lot of money, access, opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so that that's a big part of my experience growing up and seeing her her give 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 all the time to try and help bring people up and bring up those schools and bring up those readers and like give opportunities I mean our toys were constant and books were disappearing my whole childhood because we would spend every weekend in my mom's public school helping make bulletin boards and she would take to her kids who didn't have and and um she's a real kind person and when when Trump was elected and it's sort of unleashed this fervor of division that was already there but it yeah. gave voice to to that kind of aggression and animosity that we would see more publicly i noticed when we started going out in the world you know normally she would always make small talk with people but there was this extra level of how are you today mm-hmm. like you look beautiful are you having a nice day like really seeing people and engaging and connecting and i said mom what is going on and she said we have to counter this with kindness you know, just, and, and that like really is Mm -hmm. the MO of how I was raised and how I try to be in the world. And, and then when I met, met Todd and I told him that backstory, he told me a story about how his own mother was waiting in line early in the pandemic. And some guy turned to her and said, back the F up to her. And that became a line in the film because that was, that was there originally he said back up. And then we used exactly what was said to her because that was so jarring as a black woman that a total stranger in this moment of trauma and grief would, would, would treat her that way. Yeah. And it's interesting because you would think that something like a pandemic would kind of be a great equalizer for everybody to be on the same plane and realize, Hey, we're all going through the same thing. Let's, you know, check ourselves. But it did even more so, you know, even after Trump was elected, it, it, to me, I felt like it created even worse of a division for some people because we were saying things like that to each other in lines. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I try to, in my own life, I try to treat that kind of behavior uh, with empathy. Yeah. That, that, that is coming out of place of fear and misunderstanding. Yeah. And that if you, you know, you know, if we, when we go, when they go low, we go high. Yes. Yes. And I recently, I just saw a video of Emmanuel Acho and he said something so beautiful that we know, and, and this is a common phrase that hurt people, hurt people, but exactly. that we have to start now healing people so that they don't yeah. continue to hurt people. And that's, yes. that's what this reminds me of. And I think that that's what is so beautiful. It's like, you know, if somebody is giving you a hard time or they're being rude, you have to understand that there's something else going on there. Yeah. And it yeah. does take you to be a bigger person to respond in kindness and empathy. A hundred percent. It my sucks because you want to cuss somebody yeah. out sometimes yeah. if they're rude to you. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Give them, give them a piece of it. But like, 
you know, whenever something happens and personally in my own life and I speak negatively about something, I don't feel better for it. I feel better if I'm, I try to be positive and, yeah. and thoughtful. And so, you know, that was really what the work was about. And it's how I like to conduct myself. And it's very much how Todd is as a person. And, um, yeah, I, I uh, I'm glad to be a part of, of that message. And my, you know, my mom, again, my mom had said, I, I think I was telling her about some experience a little while ago. And she said, she's like, don't forget. It's always the, the, the dogs who bite and bark the most are the ones who <laughs> like, who've been kicked and had, mm. had the hardest time. And, yeah. and, and so I, I always think about that with people when, yeah. when you, when you get a little bite, you're like, okay, what's, What's going on? Yeah, for sure. But and just kind of, you know, following up with that, you say that that's part of your life and you're really trying to make that uh, a pillar for yourself. How have you found kindness show up in your life over the last mm. few years? Unexpectedly or, yeah, I guess unexpectedly would be the the, one, the way I want to know because I definitely have been surprised by, by some people's kindness because of the situation that we've all been in together in the last two years. I'm never really surprised when some people, you know, go on the attack or the defense, but when people are overly kind and really go out of their way, I'm like, wow, I forgot that that exists sometimes. So how has that kind of showed its way in your life? Well, I live on a really cute little neighborhood in a sweet street where you know, when George Floyd happened, I was walking my dog. I feel like walking my dog during the pandemic has been this whole other experience of getting to know the people of my neighborhood yeah, in a different I bet. way. Uh, and it's also changed the character of the neighborhood. And I, there was a young artist a block away who was is really talented. And she, she spent days doing a chalk portrait of George Floyd on that mm-hmm. driveway of her parents' house. And she's probably 18 or 19 years old. And and it lasted half a year on the driveway. And, and then I met the art, an artist who lived across the street who was a black artist. And then you see the signs in people's yards and people were painting rocks down my block with things that said love and, and family and gratitude and making neighborhood uh, libraries on the end of their driveway with little you know, old little mailboxes so people can share books. And so I feel like these kinds of things in the places that we live are really important. You know, I live, I actually live on a, on a street where people bring cookies and I bring cookies to my neighbors. I love that. I know it's, it's really, it's really adorable and it, but it really, you really, it shows up in how you are. And I, I feel that. And so, I don't know, I just try to, every time I walk out the door, I try to really be present with the people in my community and um and when I'm in busier more urban areas than where I live I am I try to bring that same recognition uh, because because I think I think it's a way that people survive sometimes in bigger cities by just being laser focused and not seeing the world around them but I think we need to see the world around us and engage with the people around us and talk and celebrate and ask questions and make space for for opening doors for people who aren't seen. Absolutely. And I love that you are using art to do that. It's great. Truly, it is. And I mean, I mean, y- we could talk for hours about how music can change lives, how film can change lives, how visual art can change lives. And this film obviously combines all three. I mean, even the music that was chosen for the trailer, I was like, oh, my God, my heart. It was, just, it was just a perfect combination. But in this project in others that you may have been involved in, do you feel like the message is going to be received in the way that you hope? 
Yes, I think so. Oh, and just about the music, that was an original composition by our composer, Mark Jerson. Oh, gorgeous. That, that you reacted gorgeous. to. Yeah, he's yeah. super, super <laughs> talented composer. But um, yeah, I, I have had, you know, when we post pictures of people online, because we have all these black and white photos of the people that we, mm-hmm. we first met in this first stage of the project. And when I share the trailer, we've gotten a really tremendous response. And I'm I'm so excited for the film to be in the world. Yeah. And then also, you know, I always imagine this as a project, you know, the tiny kindness project that be- becomes bigger than this little, little movie. And I'm thrilled to be able to share that when we're in New York for Tribeca, we're going to be painting another mural. And, Amazing. And not only is it just is going to be a mural in connection with the project, it's at a historic site in New York City. It's the site of, the, the building that we found is one of the first houses of New York, which means it's a, a New York City Housing Authority, a first um, assisted, you know, subsidized living. And it became a model for housing projects in the United States. It was built in the 30s. And so to be able to, it, and it's a, a landmark building in New York City. So to be able to have Born Rich paint a mural for the Tiny Kindness Project in, in advance of Tribeca, on that building in in the village is like really powerful and the New York City Housing Authority doesn't normally give permission for this but there's a wall that often gets tagged and when I talk to them about it they love the idea of a black Jewish artist doing a project that celebrates kindness and connection and community on that wall and that becomes another part of the story and then interacting with people in New York City and after the weight of what New York has gone through Mm -hmm specifically in the last two years really is very meaningful. It's definitely going to have a social impact, but I'm curious what that phrase means for you personally. Social impact? Yeah. I always thought of it as a, as a social justice project, you know, and I think of social justice work, you know, when I was studying theater in college and I've always been really political and a feminist and an advocate and the way that I know how to do things in the world to make change is through art. You know, I march and make signs and post and phone bank and drove to Nevada during the, you know, before the election to, camp, yeah. camp, to campaign. <laughs> but the biggest, the feel, the thing that I feel like I can do the, that carries the most weight as an artist is to make work about things that I care about. Yeah. And so, you know, and so this project, the messaging and, you know, it's art. So you read it as you will, but the, the undercurrent of the messaging are all of those themes that we've been talking about, about division, about racism, about this, this rise in, in racist attacks, anti-Semitic attacks, you know, violence on our streets, you know, unprovoked incidents. Um, and, and all of those threads are, are in the film. You yeah. know, I mean, there's a, there's a moment in the film where there's, there's a young man who's queer, who walks up on the street and, and, He's wearing a pride mask and has an ask for a message. And that was just a person on the street on Melrose who mm. that was, that was his own mask. And he asked if he could be in the film and be part of it. And I think he had just moved to Los Angeles from, you know, the middle of nowhere as a, as a young gay person. Mm. And so, so those kinds of voices, you know, it's, it's my brand and my belief. And I'm really honored that, that it, it's there. And that yeah. we attracted, we attracted that, and and that it, and then it became something in the film. But also, there's a man, a Native American man, who who's in the mural, and he's in the film, and his face is in the mural in L.A. And 
he also was somebody we just met on the street, and he had a copy of the U.S. Constitution in his pocket when wow. we took his photo. Hmm. And he said he always carries it around with him. Huh. And and I I'm I'm I can't remember his name at this particular moment, but there was just this sort of special radiant energy, and you know, and he chose a message that said love hmm. for his mask. Wow. You know, not everybody, obviously, when they're in the arts, chooses to take the path of creating art that will create a social impact. And I get it's not for everybody. But do you think that at some point, artists, whether you're an actor, a singer, director, producer, whatever, sort of has a responsibility to use their their platform to speak out or make a difference at some point? Or do you think it's just not for everybody? I think it's absolutely, you know, with, with attention, you know, with comes responsibility in mm-hmm. leadership. And when I look at uh, cultural leaders and music and art, recognizable people, I mean, there's a reason that um, Amanda Gorman like catapulted to celebrity status. It's because the, the woman has, she is a young black woman and she has tremendous integrity and authenticity in her yeah, voice yeah. and speaks that truth and people want to see that and they respond to it. And I think for the pop singers and actors of the world, the people that I see putting their time and money and attention where their, where their ideas are, that's very impactful to me when I look at them. I mean, they are, they are people that, that are looked up to yes. and they may be criticized for having those beliefs because they're in the public eye. But I think that that's part and parcel of the responsibility of, of that experience that when you walk out into the world and you conduct yourself and you have an interview, you talk about things that matter. I, I recently worked on a play um, in LA with Brian Cranston and Amy Brennerman and Amy is this amazing advocate. She's, mm. you know, I, I, we became friends during the process, but I see her as an actor on the world. And then I see her out there marching and speaking at, at the women's march that they just had in LA. And I think that that is the way that, that it should be. And I, I wish that more <coughs> people in the public eye would do that. And I admire the ones who do do that. Absolutely. For you personally, though, how did you, and maybe you just always were like this, because I kind of was always like this too, but did you ever have to get past the worry of how people may react to the fact that you are vocal about social issues in terms of getting work, in terms of getting into those rooms as a director and an actress. Um, um, <laughs> pardon. <laughs> I, and beat. And beat, uh, and pause. <laughs> I think that the field has changed and the people that I want to work with are people who care mm. and say the thing that's supposed to be said and do the thing and spend their money and use their space to do it. And those are the people that I want to work with. And I understand the idea of separating business and politics, but as artists, I don't really see how one can be separated from the other because you are, are seen in the world as an artist because of the variety of, of what you represent as a person. And that is what people gravitate towards as filmmakers. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. can you can you imagine Barry Jenkins w- and imagine politics not being part of the conversation? It's right. It's like essential in the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so yeah, it's very much who I am. And I uh, and I wish there was more of it. And I think that we have to, you know, pe- people in, in the spotlight have power and and you should use that power. 
Yeah. For good. For good. <laughs> for good. For good. For change. We gotta emphasize that because they good, can use their change. power, but it may not be yeah. yeah use for, it for, for good. Opportunity. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So when people go to see your film, what is the one thing you want them to take away? I hope that they walk out into the world in their day and they uh, interact with people with kindness and love. I mean, that is that is real basic. It's a real simple message. Yeah. But, but it's it is, one that needs to be pushed even more. It so. is one that needs to be pushed. I mean, our the brand is kindness and love and asking a stranger how their day is, walking up to somebody on the street and giving them a flower or a hello or a smile can make all the difference and yeah. how we how we see one another and i i'm scared in this moment in our in what's happening in this nation and um yeah i mean I, it worries me but yeah. i think i think ultimately people are good and that and that regardless of where you come from or what your experience is or what your racial or ethnic identity or orientation is like everybody wants their loved ones to be safe yeah. everybody wants their children to be safe everybody wants to have the choices in their life to do whatever they want to do and that is really important and we have to you know it's like that that uh that poem that's kind of like you know first they came for yeah these, pe these people and I didn't say something and then they came for these people and then they came for me and and I think that's true you know change comes from people taking the steps on a grassroots level and on a bigger level in their own lives and mm -hmm. having the authenticity and the integrity to do the right thing. Yeah. And I think people really need to get away from the fear of what may happen if you do speak up mm -hmm. and think about the good that can happen when you do speak up, because I think that the reward is greater than what the backlash might be. Totally. I mean, does anything bad come from being nice? Right. <laughs> right. That's like, the best way to put it. Nothing bad can come from you being kind to others and loving yeah, people. Yeah. yeah. Kill, yeah. Kill, kill them with kindness. Literally. Yes. <laughs> kill them with kindness. <laughs> now, you did mention that there's going to be a mural in New York. I do have listeners in New York. I would love for you to be able to tell them where they can go and see yes. this interactive uh, mural project. Yes. Hooray. The mural is going to be painted on the streets of New York, which this may even air before this. It's going to be painted between June 5th and June 9th. So if you're in New York City, come on by. And the address is 41 Avenue A, first house at, at 41 Avenue A. And it's very close to where we're screening. Also in the village, the film Born Kind, our first screening is on June 11th. So I hope people can come out or see it or June 17th. And it's also available in the Tribeca Online Festival. Um, and we'll be there all week. We're going to celebrate. I think maybe even one of the rappers whose music we use in the feature film is going to come out and rap on the street in New York. And I hope that it's just a big celebration of, of love. And, and I would love it if people came out and, and wanted to talk to us. We'll be there in, in the daylight hours and he'll be painting and we'll be filming and chatting with, with people as they go about their business. I love it. Well, Rachel, I think this project is incredible and I really hope that it gets the recognition that it deserves. I'm so grateful that you took some time to chat with me today. Can you let also people know where you can follow you on social media? Oh, thanks. No, it's so it's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much, Melinda. Of course. Um, my Instagram is Rachel Directs. The artist Born Rich is at Born Rich. And our project is the Tiny Kindness Project. We also have a website 
we're going to be premiering. Our U.S. premiere is at Tribeca, and then the first other festival on the on the the East Coast that we're going to be at is at the American Black Film Festival, also in June. So you'll be seeing the film a lot in the festival circuit. And now, because of the pandemic, there's lots of opportunities to watch online, and and so I'm just really really thrilled that that people will will see it and share it and. You know, if people want to take a picture of themselves with a message on their mask and tag us, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, we just we just want more more kindness and possibility for people in the world and and all good things. There can never be too much of that. Absolutely. Well, thank you yeah. so much, Rachel. Thank you. And to the listeners, we are winding down to our final episodes of We Need to Talk. Thank you so much for your support. Make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Stephen James, our theme song writer and producer, and we'll see you next week. We need to talk.